Sinister subscribers, happy Valentine's Day. Today is a special day because we released our first YouTube episode. You'll get to see my gorgeous features in high definition. And let's just say I was so nervous to record that I was the definition of high. Click the link in the show notes to see our Valentine's special in all its blood-red glory. Without further ado, The Feast of Lupercalia. I check her profile pictures two miles away. I quickly reply with one hand. I like yours too. What are you up to tonight? Hoping to have some fun with you. Are you free? Bad girl. I love it. Hell yes, I'm free. Send me an address. I check my hair and douse myself in cologne before grabbing my wallet, phone, and keys and start heading to the car. The address comes through with a kiss face and a splash emoji, and I'm already punching the address into my GPS. This address is further than two miles. It's 24. I glance at my empty gas tank before replying, Damn, your app must not be updating. I didn't realize you were so far away. Sad face emoji. Are you trying to stand me up? I can find someone else to be my valentine if you aren't up for the journey. I'm up for anything. I just wanted to let you know that I need to stop for gas too, so I wanted to make sure that you'd make it worth my while. No response. 
Great. I turn over the engine and begin to head towards the address I'm given. I stop at the nearest gas station I pass. We are definitely going to have some fun tonight. My jaw drops as the image comes through. It's two women embracing. The image is cropped from the top of their lips, just barely touching. Each using a hand to embrace the face of the other, their hair gently falling across each other so I can't tell where one ends and the other begins. Classy stuff. The cropping is a common strategy when exchanging nudes these days. Nothing identifiable. Keeps everything anonymous, so I don't mind. The cropping's even nice. It forces me to use my imagination. But the mere suggestion of the two gorgeous girls waiting for me sends the blood supply straight from my brain directly to my pants. As I see the image come through, I fumble and spray gasoline down the side of my car before releasing the trigger and repositioning the nozzle. Holy shit! I shout before practically clicking my heels and strut into the gas station. I walk into the aisles, grab a pack of gum, a box of magnums, and head toward the cashier. How's your night going, sweetie? You're here, so it can't be as good as mine. (laughs) The girl working doesn't acknowledge me at all. She looks at the condoms, then looks me up and down before rolling her eyes. Listen, I'm kind of in a hurry. The girls are waiting. I've got to go. It's 1369. If you need a 14th, just say the word. I wouldn't want you to be the odd one out. Gross. You know these don't work if they fall off, right? I think you're just jealous. Hey, maybe if you smiled more, you'd get lucky sometime. Yes, extremely jealous of the hand you're going to disappoint later. Aw, don't be mad. I've got plenty to go around. This was your last chance. Now get out before I barf. Ah, fuck you. You wish, asshole. I get back in my car and shoot one last glance back at the feminist killjoy who just slaughtered my heart on before starting my car and driving off with the gas pump still attached to my car. (laughs) Deal with the disappointment, bitch. On my way, I send the photo of the bulge in my pants with the magnum strategically positioned in the photo. Send. The rest of the drive, I don't hear back. I can't wait to see what the night has in store. I occasionally get lucky like this, but it's rare. It's hard to align all of the proper circumstance, let alone find someone this spontaneous and discreet. Holidays, Valentine's Day, was a sure thing. I eventually pull into the driveway, a long, dark, dirt road. Pretty common for rural Texas, but I begin to wonder if I might be getting lost or getting played. Just an inkling of doubt begins to creep in as I see the headlights pulling behind me. Well, I guess this road must lead somewhere. Finally, I can spot an old farmhouse. From a distance, I mistake the reflection from the moon for the lights coming on inside the house. But now, parked just outside, it looks abandoned. None of the lights are on, but there's a soft glow coming from the upstairs window. From the driveway, I can see shadows and light dancing across the blue-hued walls. I park my car before gazing up at the darkened house, then looking back over my shoulder in the direction I'd just come from. I expect to see the other set of headlights pulling in behind me, but all I can see is darkness. I guess there must have been another turnout. I shut off the engine and stash my wallet and keys in the glove box before I step into the chilly February night air. 
I stuffed my phone and the condoms into my pockets before starting toward the house. I start up the beaten dirt path to the front door. As I ascend the rotting wood stairs, I notice the front door is ajar. Hello? Anybody home? I immediately start scanning the interior of the house that I can see through the metal screen door, hoping to catch a sign of life. Nothing. I produce my phone from my pocket and send a short, I'm here, message to my hookup and wait for a response. Nothing. I lean in to take a closer look while I reach for the screen door and press down on the handle before silently inching the door open. Ah! Stupid fucking cat. A black cat lunges at me the second I open the door and is now trotting off into the night. And with it, probably my chances of getting laid. Shit! Come back! I step forward and rap at the door three times. Hey! Sorry about your cat. I hope it's okay that he got out. I shake my head with defeat before deciding to turn back on my heels and go back to the car, convinced that I had just encountered the only pussy that I'd see on this fool's errand. I open my car door and collapse into the driver's seat before leaning over to retrieve my keys from the glove box. Leaving so soon? Oh my god. You scared me. I didn't think I was in the right place. You know, you're hard to find out here. Yeah, isn't it great? Come on inside. We've been waiting for you. I recoil, leaving my keys in the glove box before I step out of the car. I look my date up and down before extending my hand to suggest that she lead the way. She, in turn, extends the bottle of tequila she's holding. You'll have to catch up. We already got started without you here. I take a swig of the booze offered to me. I'm relieved to have something settle my nerves, but don't want to end up driving all this way just to get whiskey dick. I follow up the stone steps, this time into the dark house. The cat reappears from nowhere, slithering between our legs to run back inside. Once we cross the threshold, the house feels unnaturally empty. Quiet. Dark. There's cobwebs and thick blankets of dust obscuring a few scarce furnishings in the large room. I just moved in. I hope you don't mind cats. Fixer-upper, I guess? Exactly. Yeah, my white uh, w- woman friends always talk about wanting a fixer-upper. Seems like a headache, though. I'm more of a shiny, new kind of guy. I could have guessed that about you. Okay, do you want anything else to drink? We also have wine. Without waiting for a response, she retreats into the dark room. I run my finger through a thick layer of unidentifiable dark liquid seeping through the walls before wiping it off on a nearby plaid armchair. A poorly preserved relic of the 1970s. Gross. Yeah, good luck. So, uh, where's your friend? Sarah emerges from the darkness, holding two wine glasses. She hands me one before clinking it with her own. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I take a gulp of the wine offered to me as she sets down the glass and comes in close. She places one palm against my chest and uses the other to brace my chin as she leans in and runs her tongue up and down my neck before planting her lips on mine, roughly. Ow, fuck! You bit me! (laughs) I think I'm bleeding. Mm, Don't be mad. I couldn't resist having a taste. Sarah, come on! That's our cue. Why don't you come upstairs? We've been excited to get you here, and we're ready to get started. (laughs) Oh, kinky. 
Sarah extends her hand toward me and I take a hold of it. I suddenly regret the tequila and wine as the room begins to wobble. By the time we get up the stairs, I feel like each one is quicksand. I feel winded trying to get to the light emanating from the slit at the top of the stairs. You sure got me drunk. Please, don't take advantage of me. It's okay. We'll take good care of you. Before I even get to the top of the stairs, I'm using my hands to stay up on my feet, pushing off of each stair. When I reach the top, a beautiful, smiling woman opens the door to greet me. I smile back up at her as my eyes flutter and I collapse off balance onto the landing. I'm in an army crawl stance when the beautiful woman swoops down to help me, then another, and then another. Beautiful creatures sprawled all around the room each in a white cotton nightgown illuminated by candlelight, giggling, braiding each other's hair, all whispering in unison. The few that descended to help me are gently pulling me across the floor, towards the center of the room. Get him into the circle. I look around now, confused as to how many girls are actually here. It takes me another minute to even notice the symbols painted on the floor beneath me. (laughs) Hey, uh, what's going on here? The women who drag me to the center of the circle are now slipping my wrists and my ankles through the straps anchored to the floor. And that's when I hear her. My wife. Happy Valentine's Day, sweetheart. From the look on your face, I'm guessing you must be surprised to see me. Um. I sent you that picture. You didn't even see my wedding ring. That photo was all but cropped, framing it. But you only see what you want to see, Stephen. I I knew it was you. I was coming to be with you. My wife turns her phone screen toward me while reciting the last text I sent to her. Working late tonight. Don't wait up. I I, I wanted to surprise you. (laughs) Oh, I wanted to surprise you too, honey. Rachel, what the fuck is this? Who are these people? These are my sisters. While you've been scheming and running around behind my back with no regard for the vows you took, I've been busy too. Dancing in the shadows, devouring forbidden fruit and savoring its pleasures. I've even found love again. This is my coven, Stephen. Your coven? (laughs) What the fuck? Jesus! You've all seen practical magic one too many times. Let me go right now. Let me the fuck out of here right fucking now, Rachel. Let you go. Why would I do that? You're the man of the hour. We're all here for you. You've been chosen. Chosen? What the the fuck are you talking about? I start to panic, watching them all circle around me. I can't even count how many are in the room. I yell loudly as I frantically wither around the floor and tug at my bound limbs. They say love requires sacrifice. And that may be true. Do you love me, Stephen? Yes, 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 I love you. I love you so much, baby. Please, let's, let's go now. Let's, let's go home. I can't do anything but look on as my wife steps forward and straddles my bound body. She kneels down and grabs a hold of my chin and mimics the same kiss from the date downstairs. Only this bite is harder. I'm screaming now from the pain and the realization as the woman I married pulls back, her mouth now stained with blood. My blood. Shh, 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 shh. 
You are home. You will commence the Lupercalia. Lupercal. Your flesh will nourish the mother. Your blood will spill into the soil. And you will be eternal. Please, Rachel, this isn't you. Please don't do this. I choke out my last desperate pleas as the girls are suddenly encroaching upon me from every direction. My wife, still straddling my torso, drags a dagger out from behind her back. She runs her tongue up and down the blade before quickly raising her fist high above her head. Until death do us part. My wife looks on with pride at her fist clenched tight around the dagger before turning her gaze toward me and plunging the dagger into the center of my chest. She locks eyes with me and smiles maniacally, her eyes widened, delighting in the shock surely reflected in my eyes. Within seconds of the initial blow, I begin to feel them descend upon me, their lips and saliva and teeth gnawing at every inch, penetrating and tearing away strips of my flesh. I feel the skin from my ribs lifting away as dainty fingers begin to force themselves through muscle and scratching my bones and intestines. In the frenzy, I could feel one of my fingers being bitten off, then another. They were buzzing with excitement, moaning and frantic like I was the last supper in a piranha tank. The louder I screamed, the more frenzied they became. I feel every agonizing second of their consumption. I see their once white nightgowns now run red, wet, and clinging to their curves, heavy from the weight of my baptismal bloodbath. I see the cat lapping up my blood, as if it were spilt warm milk. And I see the girl from the gas station. She's pinching something shriveled by the tips of her fingernails and mouthing magnum as she tosses it out the window, and the room starts to fade. Girls. Each one of them, radiant and smiling. The Feast of Lupercalia was written by Chelsea Darling, produced by Kevin Klausman, narrated by Patrick McRae, starring Catherine Grant as Sarah, Rookie O'Brien as the gas station girl, and Chelsea Darling as Rachel. Original score by Kevin Klausman.